Hello, my friends. Welcome to another morning. Oh, geez, I got... All right, just for those listening in that are so sick of this, I've been told to introduce differently and so I've got this whole run sheet of this is how we need to introduce so we can do this in editing and cut down the production time. As soon as it turns on the mic, I forget everything and I just go into, great, let's talk about something interesting. Hang on, be honest. You've been told (laughs) don't introduce. There is no run sheet. (laughs) Well, well, in my head there is. All Essentially, right. you've just been told to start talking. We'll say hello at the start. Listen, I'm not going to disrespect our listeners by having that type of negativity to start with. Ooh, cross into the topic. I want to talk about negativity today. I want to talk about. I want to talk about brainwashing as children, um, not how to do it, rather how we've been done to us. Is that the right English? No. Good. So. Let's, let's frame this up for a little bit. When we're babies, we're useless. We can't do anything ourselves. We can't feed ourselves. We can't walk. We can't survive. We can't clothe ourselves. All these things that make survival really important. So if we're lucky enough, we have guardians around us, parents, teachers, communities, whatever it is to make sure we get through. Now, the problem with that is we start to get, or we start to get brainwashed as kids. So we start to get projected on us what are the good and bad things based on our guardians' perceptions of the world. So obviously when we're in different environments, people get different rules. This is good, this is bad. You can do this, you can't do this. This is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do. And basically it's why in different socioeconomic backgrounds you have very similar rules around the world and that's part of the the discussions around breaking through socioeconomic backgrounds is actually – unpicking all these lessons that we've built up as kids. But I want to talk specifically about one today, which is negativity and what we consider negative and why we start shying away from negative things. And this is very important because as business owners, a lot of the things that we define as negative are not negative at all. And we need to talk about this a little bit, Alana, because I think when we get this lesson right, which I think, I don't think I know that this has been a transformational thing for us over the last decade, it allows you to operate on a very, very different level and it also allows you to drop a lot of anxiety and stress as a business owner. And also to cut down the time limit between problem and solution. Which is everything. Everything. So just for those listening at home, the only commodity that we can't replace, time. Lesson for the day, Nigel. Put a chime there. Just get like, <laughs> bing. All right. So let's consider this for a minute. We've been brainwashed. Mm-hmm. And how would we know if we've been brainwashed? And how do we know that the brainwashing's now serving us because we're not babies? And so Lana's going, no, don't worry. I'm not running down that path yet. That's for a different podcast when I'm allowed to do it on my own. But let's talk about problems in terms of what we generally associate with. A problem comes up in a business. And let's call it every day, if not every minute. A problem comes up and we suddenly go, why is this happening? This is negative. My business has got problems because there is a problem. What do we do as, or what do you do around the the framing in your mind of when, basically, excuse my language, just shit keeps happening? Yeah. From my point of view, it is just, and I mean this in a really good way, here we go again, 
there's no negative feeling around it. It's not, oh, you know, toy is out of the crib. It's not, I can't believe this keeps happening. It's uh, That's my job. That's your job. Yeah. It's just here is another thing that has happened that needs to be fixed, solved, updated, whatever it might be. And it's because that is what happens in a business. If you want to grow, if you want to get to bigger levels, you have to face problems in order to fix problems that get you to the next level. And so, and I will say, yes, every hour there is what would be deemed a negative something in the business, yep. whether it's um, person to person, client to person, a system, a process, a feeling, because we are in fast growth. And so how I simply deal with it is here we go again. No emotion, no attachment, just get shit done, fix it and move on. And if it's not perfect, that's okay. It's not a reflection of me. It's not a reflection of a business. It's a reflection of how fast we need to move to solve the problem, to get to the next problem. I think you, I think you touched on something really good there, which was the attachment. It is the emotional attachment you have to when challenges come up. Ain't no one got time for that. No, no, and nor do you have the right to be that. You don't have the right as the owner of the business to be emotionally attached to the daily problems that come up. You own the business. That's a legal entity. You aren't the business, which is a poster that you used to had on your computer for a couple of years, Lana. I am not the business. I also had a post-it saying it's a long way to the top, but, you know. <laughs> well, <that's>... pick one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's a really big thing that in that people take it personally and people see if they make a mistake as a reflection of who they are. And if we go back to this idea of the childhood upbringing having a part of it, every mistake that I know that I made, even though I was told off for it, yep. I was never – reprimanded or made to feel that I was less of a person because of it. Yeah. And it wouldn't matter how big it was and, you know, I've done some stuff. But it's all part of learning and I guess the journey in Talking Marks yeah. of being a child is figuring out what your boundaries are. And in business it's the same sort of thing. You're going to make mistakes that, you know, in, in a digital agency that people in a corporate bank would never make because there are different upbringings in your business skill set just like there are different upbringings in your childhood. Yeah, and and let's let's delve into that which is things that we think are good behaviors. Let's let me give you an example here. Don't say that, it'll just cause problems. Right? So that's a very thing in a in a family dynamic, a community dynamic. You know, you see a tool, right? Oh, sorry, a conversation that the person's being a tool. And people just say, just leave it. Just leave it. It's not worth it. And that's counterintuitive to performance. That is poor performance. That is breaking values around transparency, honesty, being yourself, expressing where you stand in the, in the world. And I'm sure we've all heard that at times. Just leave it alone. Don't worry about it. Don't do that. Now, that's not good. That's not good as an owner of a business because you represent the business. Some things you can't just leave alone. You have to have tough conversations. You have to get so used to tough conversations. But do you see how there's a dynamic where we've been told just keep things nice is better than actually being honest? Just play nice. Yeah, we just, all have just to get play along. nice. Play nice with them, hmm. which is not right for business. Well, I, sorry, not right for growing a, a business rapidly. 
because that's essentially not being honest. And I know that you and I have differing opinions on this because <laughs> – Yeah, right and wrong. Right and wrong, obviously. <laughs> um, I look at things and I'm all for tough conversations because that is the only way to progress a business. Yep. But what I always look at is will this get me to where I need to go? And, you know, for example, on social media, I don't comment back on posts. Tim does because yep. you have a voice that you want to be heard. That is part of how you progress. I look at it and say, well, it's actually not going to get me to where I want to go faster. I'm not going to engage. And so it's just the different way of looking at the same sort of thing, which is tough conversations absolutely need to be had making sure that you've got that end point of what you want from it. Yeah, but let's look at it where that manifests. Yes. So where that manifests is just just play nice and then you walk into a company and we've done this plenty of times and you've got a whole bunch of people that are completely just isolated because no one actually says what they think about Bob, Jenny, the work they're doing, the way they operate, the things that annoy them, the things they're not doing well. And so you've got all these companies that are trying to play nice but it turns into this insipid, toxic environment because of so much uh, lack of transparency and honesty that it actually is counterintuitive. But the problem is it came from a really loving place which is just try and make everyone feel happy. But making everyone feel happy is not an environment where no one communicates. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, you, you've probably seen a lot of families where people are very loving but they've never said a real word to each other for decades and decades. And you sit there and you're like, guys, you need to really have a good chat. And then you wonder why Christmas time and holiday times everyone has a few drinks and everyone lets everything 10 years out at once and we have these challenges because it's bottled up. But really most people can respect communication that's that's honest and this is it's understanding where we've been brainwashed because as an owner of a company you need to understand some of the behaviors you have to unlearn or that probably better don't serve you now and i think this is maybe lana this is i guess the the decision we had to make is i'm someone who's reactionary to problems or was in the past very much emotional nigel's known that for many many years that not good with problems and there was almost like ranting and raving type it was the person not the actual problem so when you start to get more experience and, and change your gaze you realize i'm actually looking for problems my whole job is to weed out problems if not i need to try and find ways to cause more problems so my job is to create problems in my business yep <laughs> <laughs> you're very good at your job <laughs> From that, it's what comes as good and bad problems. So good problems, yeah. and if you go back to um, the happy workplace, good problems where no one can communicate, they, they don't exist. Good problems when everyone communicates is you, f you can say what you think, you can say what you feel with no negative ramifications for it in terms of by communicating, you are helping the business owners to make it better. So what's a bad problem in your mind? Are we talking about oh, sort of a bad problem simply could be an employee who does not fit the culture and has to go. Yeah, because they might have inconsistencies, behavioral problems in terms of they just don't want to perform or they generally can't perform in the role. They've talked themselves into a job that they're really not cut out for. Yeah. Which to be honest with you is still the business's problem. But let's for this conversation. Well, it's, it's a bad problem because the, the solution is it's not there. The solution is the let go. A good problem is one that 
if, for example, the employee is in the wrong role but still is perfect in terms of um, yep, always of their word, uh, action what they say, that's, a, that's actually a great problem because it means that you can move that person out of that role and into the role that is better serving them. A bad problem is a client who rants and raves and nothing is perfect no matter what happens. A great problem is a client who rants and raves but is open to being more, doing more and being part of what you're building. Yeah, so let me let me give you this as a, a scenario. Here's a good problem. I don't have time to work on my business. Great problem. Yeah, which is most SME people who come and say, I really don't have enough time to work on my business. I'm in my business. They think that's a big problem. But it's not. It's a fabulous problem because yeah. the solution will free you. Yeah. Because the, the funny thing we always say is, I don't have time to work on my business. I go, great, employ someone to take your role. But I don't have money to do that. And go, great, so your real problem is you're not earning enough money to replace yourself. Stop focusing on not enough time to work on your business because the real problem is actually your current model's not working yeah. or you haven't put it on fire yet where you can generate enough cash to grow. Which is a problem into itself. I don't know where to start. And again, it's yeah. a great problem because as you go through the process, taking one step at a time, you have to be willing for the problem to change and actually open up, which is exactly what yeah. you're talking about. The problem's not time, it's money. The problem's not money, it's not knowing what the next steps are. Yeah. Once you get to that solution, then you fix the money, then you fix the time. Yeah, and, and, and that really comes back to this power of negativity. And we're only calling it that to get a headline and some bit of clickbait, to be honest with you. But it's about the power of finding problems. It's about the things that we frame as negative in our business are actually where the innovation needs to occur. It's the jumping point for your next level of business, your next level of wealth. You must run into these roadblocks. It's the only way to grow. If we take it back to the gym and a muscle, yeah. a muscle grows by breaking. Absolutely. That's right, yeah. Um, well, it tears on you. a micro level. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you overdo it, you really tear it and you're out for a long time. But um, It grows, it yeah. tears, it gets bigger. It's under strain. Yeah. That's the whole idea is and the business is the same thing. And there's a reason why analogies and sayings, they're also common, talk about this idea of stress or pressure getting you to the next level because the only way to be better at what you do is to fix more and more problems and become so comfortable with them that they don't phase you. Yeah, and I think we've said it before, which is you, your business is only a problem-solving machine in a particular industry and you're limited by your industry because some people don't realise they could solve a lot of problems somewhere else. So we've always got to cross-check ourselves, which is could I be solving different problems or problems that I want to solve. Because you see a lot of really successful entrepreneurs is they don't stop when they've made tons of cash. They look for bigger problems to solve. And because they don't need cash for more, I don't want to say superficial things, I guess toys, when you, when you get yourself enough toys and you do that, you're looking for contribution because there's no level of more or higher level of, I, I guess, happiness you can get than contribution. You see these guys do that, but they're actually looking for problems to solve in order to provide contribution and this is the journey we're all on i think that's where the um 
where the power of negativity comes into it because so far the conversation has really been revolved around reactionary negativity stuff happening to you. Um, but, Alana, your gym analogy, strangely, I've hooked onto, um, and I think it, it really works because let's look at it this way. If you go out and uh, move someone's furniture for the day um, and moving house, the next day you're incredibly sore. That soreness is a problem for you because you weren't expecting it. If you go to the gym, you are actively going to seek it out and that soreness then becomes a benefit because it is a growth mechanism. And where the power of negativity really comes into it is when you are looking for those gaps before they happen, both internally and externally. And that way, it's you're always moving ahead of the pain. Yeah. And that's what I think your guys' superpower is. You're really good at that in looking for a gap in the market or a gap in the system before it becomes a pain or problem. Yeah, I think we feel comfortable in what people would consider problems or pain. Like I think we're pretty comfortable in that area because it's just, I mean, if you do it long enough, it doesn't matter. You know, you just get used to it. It's just the normal environment. It's like, I guess, people who have been in really high-level corporate businesses and then come to small business, they either love it because of the lack of direct pressure on them but also then freak out with the too many options and not enough structure and it's that whole thing of what's the real problem there. I mean, the gyms are great. I I really like the gym analogy because of when you get fit, you actually look forward to the pain. You go to the gym because you want to be under strain because you know the byproducts of the endorphins, what it does to your body, the way you feel so great, all these things that happen. It's the same in business. When you start feeling comfortable with how your business operates, you start looking for problems you can solve faster because you get the byproduct of I've got a better company, people are happier, we're growing, all these great things. But smaller businesses are ones that don't have that experience. I mean, we see it with clients, Lana. They come in and there's two types. There are ones that come in to talk about their problems and there are other ones that come in with their problems going, how do we turn this into a big opportunity. And you can see the ones that have it's the, the pennies dropped. There are no problems. They know the problem yeah. is the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, but it's a massive um, – I think that's a massive pivot point for most business owners is when they get that. The thing – what I always go back to and probably why I don't get phased by problems, and I'm going to call them real problems. Yep. Little problems still annoy me, but yep. real problems is um, I was a rower – in high school uh we came second in every single race and then we won ahead of school girls mm-hmm. and the reason for this and we even spoke to the other crew who kept beating us was that because we were never deterred by coming second we always were laughing and we'd always go up and shake their hands we had a really good rivalry they were so off put by the fact that we didn't ever seem to be affected by it that we psyched them out in the final race and they could they didn't believe that they could beat us because we just didn't react as a, a loser mm. should for an entire season. And that's always stuck with me is this idea of you can respond negatively to a problem or you can deal with the fact that there's a problem and <laughs> whether or not you respond negatively to it, it's still there. Yeah, you're not a better problem yeah. solver because you are the one that gets stressed the most. No. That's, you know, just because you're the most stressed doesn't mean you're the best problem solver or the most busy or the most successful. This is, um, if I, yeah, you can, Nigel. If I can, yeah, thank you. just want to add to that because there's something like in where a problem comes up, there is 
that power of negativity again there's two ways of looking at it and tim just going back through our history one of those things using this as an example we had the video production company a problem or a negative in video production across the entire industry is that pretty much every gig is you go out you win the job you do the job you deliver the job you have to go out and win more work so it's always out on that sales process of a high ticket item at the time that we're in it yep so that is a problem or a negative of the industry the way that you looked at it though you went well if that's the negative of the industry if that's the problem how do we solve that problem to give the client something that they have high value for that also then delivers against what we need as a business and you created a new model which fit for both people and everyone won from it in an exponential way as opposed to go out and transact and then go out and transact again yeah and that's i think that's exactly right now this is where innovation occurs because you look at it and you don't accept what the problem is i think that's the other thing this is part of that early conditioning in our childhoods you don't have to accept the problem and the traditional solution you don't have to do that you need to look at what is something i want to remove from my life there which is in a business i don't accept having to do sales constantly to keep replenishing my business so people start doing subscription other business say well it's way too dangerous to have humans mining so they develop machinery it, it you know it's this is what innovation is all about this is why there's all this machine learning happening there's all this robotics and things like that it's just a problem that needs solving and we need to look at that in all our business it's not accepting what a common problem is in your industry and just saying well that's the way everyone does it that's when you just become like everyone else and that's not just in business that's in your life you don't have to accept that i'm going to have a mortgage for 40 years you can sit there and say well how do i get rid of my mortgage in 10 years and so then I guess for everyone who's listening saying, well, that's really well and good. I'm happy that you guys are fabulous at solving problems. What do they do? What's their first steps along that process of getting better at getting, I guess, less affected by a problem and seeing that power of the negative for the business? Well, I think it's for me, for me personally, I think it's a very simple one, which is you need to reframe your relationship with what you consider a problem and why you're even calling it a problem. And you need to reframe Every time a problem comes in, you've got to ask yourself, why am I looking at this as a problem? What if I've just been offered an innovation opportunity? I'm actually getting handed every day innovation opportunities in my business and I'm spending more time getting upset of why they're a problem and wondering why I find this whole journey really tough. And I think until you recalibrate the relationship with things that don't go according to plan, you're going to struggle with this whole journey because you know, a friend told me, and I've taken this on as a mantra, which is our job every day as a business owner is to wake up and solve a problem that hasn't been solved before. That's literally my job every day. So why would I be upset when they occur if I know that's my job? Um, you're speaking at it from someone that's done a fair amount of work in that area. Um, so you're speaking from a fair a little bit further down the journey, let's say, for someone that is looking at and is under the pump of problems. Um, traditionally, I've come from a place where my first reaction would be no. Okay, so for me, and I would go, that's the negative, oh, that's too hard, uh, and then I would come around to it. So for somebody that's at that place or is looking at the problems, um, 
what I found helped me personally was going, okay, I can have my negative reaction or I could feel put upon or whatever it is, but I can only feel that for this amount of time. And then after that, I have to look at it because it's like when you're on a diet. Um, if you can't eat bad food, all you want is bad food. But if you've got a cheat meal in there, um, you get it out of your system and move on and everything works quicker. So I just had, okay, you can feel f- bad for five minutes about it, then find a solution. Then I just kept cutting it down to shorter and shorter times. So that really helped me personally anyway. Yeah, and for me, what I used to do, or what I still do, is if something happens that I can't control, problem occurs, I do five things, five actions of bigger things. So if there's, I don't know, a client issue, I will go and find five things in the business that I can change, update, action, bring in a sale, um, send an email, five action points that make me feel the progression separate to the problem. That's a great one. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) I, I have the similar feeling which is, I don't like to leave – if I have a problem right now that's on my mind, I want, it, I want it front and center now and I want it to be – I want to be in it. <laughs> Which can cause problems for other people sitting around the microphones. 100% and that's why I guess I like to own the company because <laughs> that's, that's not a right everyone in the company has. Um, yeah, definitely. But as an owner – I get to take liberties with what I need because I'm the one with the biggest risk. And we be, we'll talk about this in another podcast is um, we don't – businesses aren't democracies. Not everyone. I think that's a – Yeah. I think that's a really good point. You as the owner have the right to express it and do it. Me as somebody supporting the owner, um, while I have my moment of negativity, part of my role is I don't share that with you. Because no. that doesn't serve our relationship. I go, I need to do this for a second. Awesome. Then I get onto your track and I deliver against that. Yeah. And I guess this is the bit, whereas if you're here, if you're listening to this and you own a business, that's what you're looking for in your people, which is who creates more stress, challenges, and problems for me? And who are the ones that can grab something and get it done? Because the ones that evolve, work out ways to grab things and get it done for you, they're the ones you want to keep around. The other ones that need you for every problem, they're the ones that have to be on the not sure if they'll go the whole journey list. It's just as simple as that because you can't bring people along the journey that love problems and deep down people love problems because they want everyone involved and they get something from that. But you want people who want to find them, address them and move on because that's where the innovation is going to occur for the business. But exciting and interesting topic, one that I think gets deeper and deeper the more you explore it personally. So um, when stuff comes up today, everyone who's listening, welcome it, look forward to it, and realize that it's a um, gift wrapped up in some pretty poor packaging. (laughs) Lana, Nigel, (laughs) thanks for uh, your time. We'll do it all again tomorrow. See ya. Bye.